We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast yes ladies and gentlemen boys and girls first and foremost if this is your very first time listening to the pack a day podcast welcome rate review and subscribe at the end of this show it is nfc championship week and the green bay packers are participating again for the fourth time in the last seven years that is a remarkable accomplishment and this time we're hoping for a different result as the packers will be taking on tom brady and the tampa bay buccaneers i am your host i am jacob westendorf i am like the movie the replacements when gene hackman's character jimmy mcginty says i'm just like a duck on a pond I'm calm and cool on the surface and beneath the water, my feet are just turning a mile a minute. I'm struggling to focus at work. I'm not going to lie. I listened to the song green and yellow on the way to and from work every single day since Monday. It's been tough to get through work the last couple of days and to focus on what's going on, considering the task at hand on Sunday afternoon at 2.05 Central Time at Lambeau Field. Joined with me as always, as I described on Twitter, the great Maggie Loney. Maggie, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Good. I think this is, well, no, I guess we did it last year. I was going to say our first NFC Championship game together on pick a day, but it'll be at least for the three of us our first one. So first of many. First of many. I like that attitude. And then also with me, the remarkably average Jimmy Christensen. Jimmy, how are we feeling? Honestly, you calling me average is kind of a compliment coming from you, so I'm okay with that. Uh, um, but no, I'm. This week is the slowest week of my life. Um, I just want to get to Sunday and have this just happen already. I I uh, messaged a couple of my friends today, and I was like, "This is by far just the worst, the worst week." I'm I just keep reading articles I already read before just to see if I missed anything. It's just I'm so ready for this game. I am too. And shout out to my company, which is Greystone for, they were going to give me Friday off since I worked Monday and shout out to them for letting me have Monday off instead as a uh, exchange day for working the holiday on Monday. So thank you to those guys for understanding the weird obsession I have with this football team and uh, allowing me to do that. So thank you guys, if you're listening and thank you guys for doing that, obviously. But what I want to talk about first guys is we're all a little superstitious to some degree. So I want to get into a little bit of what you guys do is because this game is different from a lot of the others, actually any other aside from really just one, it's the game to go to the Super Bowl. And, you know, the hardest part as a fan is trying to realize you have no control over what is going on. And that being said, that's not going to stop me from trying to do something that might bring this team a little bit of luck, a little bit of good karma, a little bit of whatever to try and advance them into the Super Bowl. So I wanted to talk about if you guys have some pregame rituals, some superstitions, uh, if you wear the same jersey or anything like that uh, on Sunday afternoon, whatever it is that you guys do. Uh, Maggie, I'll give you the floor first of what are you doing to prepare for this game Saturday night, Sunday morning? What are your thoughts on that? 
It's like the uh, Michael Scott quote from The Office that you would know nothing about because you hate The Office, but he said, I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little stitious. And that's kind of how I feel about most things uh, when it comes to the Packers. I obviously cannot grow a playoff beard, so my hair is getting really long because obviously my hair is the reason that the Packers are winning all these games. Um, and I got a haircut this week because it was starting to bother me, uh, but I did play green and yellow while I got my haircut. So I feel like that kind of counter acted whatever bad juju came from me uh, trimming my already short hair um, and then I'll also just be wearing my Zadarius Smith jersey that's about it I just I wear the same jersey but I kind of wear that jersey anyway so it doesn't really doesn't really do too much Jimmy I know you have some because Jamal Williams said you were nasty so go ahead and tell <laughs> yeah. people why you're gross I don't think I'm gross I think more people do this than admit I wear the same pants and the same shirt that they one so if they won i'm or if they, yeah if they win the game i'm gonna keep the same pants and shirt and i don't wash them so till okay they so what are you wearing on sunday uh my oh i don't know what they're called zumba not zumba pants Zumbas. yeah the ones with like the zebra colors i have those the packer pair of that and then um i switched up the jersey for the playoffs so i'm uh last week i wore my chris barnes one so i'm wearing my chris barnes one again little love for Chris Barnes and the linebacking core. I got to give you credit. I didn't know that they made those, but credit uh, where it's I had to get or... a custom one. If you go to the custom, they have all the players. So sure. Okay. So that's that awesome that you guys do that. Mine is a little deeper than that. Cause like Maggie mentioned, I did know that quote. I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious <laughs> way back in 2010 when they won the Super Bowl. I wore, it was so much to the point where the Jersey I wore had to match the color that the team was wearing. And during the playoff run, they were obviously on the road for all of those games. And I remember feeling a legitimate dilemma once I found out they were wearing green in the Super Bowl because I wore my road Clay Matthews jersey through the playoff run. And then in the Super Bowl, finding out they're wearing green. So do I wear my Matthews jersey where they've won all these big games or do I wear my Aaron Rodgers jersey? And I chose the Matthews jersey. Obviously, the game turned out well because if, if it had not, I would still be blaming myself for how that had gone. This time around, and since then, something that started back then was a friend of mine and I, we grew a playoff beard, which Maggie mentioned she cannot do, so I will do it for her. I have not. The rule is that you cannot shave starting from when they clinch a playoff berth. So I have not shaved since they clinched the NFC North. I believe it was December 13th against the Detroit Lions. I shaved my neck beard. That's the only thing because I do have to look somewhat professional for my job, but that is it. Uh, otherwise, I have a full beard uh, currently grown. The night before the game, I will be watching a rerun of an NFC championship game that the team has won. Uh, so the past couple years, I've changed it up between the game at San Francisco or the game at Chicago to try and give a little good juice to that. Obviously, between 2019 and 2016, that's clearly not working. So this year, I have a DVD of the 1996 NFC Championship game, the home game against Carolina, which Brett Favre, Sean Jones, Reggie White when he was living, and Dorsey Levins, and so many of those guys have talked about how that game was almost more special than the Super Bowl. Ron Wolf has even got a few great quotes about what that was. So Saturday night, honey, sorry if you're listening, but we will be watching the 1996 NFC Championship game, uh, the last time the Packers won an NFC Championship game at home is this one. And I will be bringing my Aaron Rodgers jersey with me uh, up on the road with me. So that is my superstition, if you will. I think that's a little more than a little stitious probably, but I don't think it gets all the way to the level of superstitious. But back then, Jimmy, since you said more people than they'd like to admit, yeah, I wear the same pants. I wear the same hat. Uh, that hat has since been retired and put into a frame uh, because between essentially blood, sweat, and tears after that season, um, that hat is destroyed. <laughs> so <laughs> it had to go elsewhere. I couldn't wear it anymore after that season. Um, so that is, that's what happened with that. How do Moving, you, oh, go ahead. So how do your spouses feel about your, uh, your superstitions for like your, for Sundays? My wife thinks I'm absolutely insane. I try to get her to wear the same shirt that she wore when they won and that did not happen. So which is good because they kept winning. So obviously she knew better than I did. So now I tell her not to wear the same. Do your wife's, I mean, your wives and husband think you're crazy? I wash the clothes that I wear. So my husband doesn't mind that helps um, that I do that. But no, I, 
during the Browns game, Mark was wearing his brand new Cleveland Browns playoff t-shirt. And obviously those are a rare commodity for Cleveland Browns fans. Uh, but the Browns were losing. So I told him they needed to put on the Joe Thomas jersey that he wore last week. And that's when they started mounting a comeback. So I feel as though if he had put that jersey on from the jump, the Browns would be in the AFC championship game. 100% for sure. So Mark, next year, when the Browns are in the playoffs again, you know what to do right from the jump is where that. Uh, my wife thinks I am an insane person. Um, well. Thankfully, she's accepted that. Uh, the story that I've told is the first ever playoff game she watched with me was the Jared Cook, Mason Crosby, Dallas Cowboys game. And I was a little unhinged after that game ended. So if she can make it through that with me, she can make it through anything. To answer your question, last week she had no idea the Packers won until I told her. So... Yeah, it's one of those, again, she knows it's a good thing the Packers win. She wants them to win for my sake. It's a little different that if Green Bay loses on Sunday, my world is going to be shattered. And she was talking to me about it a little bit last night as to, um, for example, like Jason Perrone, friend of the show, actually member of the show, is flying from Arizona to Green Bay just to be around the area for the game. She's like, that's a little pointless if you're not going to the game. And I was like, you don't understand like how special this potentially could be kind of thing. And I started talking about it and she's like, Oh my God, like, are you getting emotional? I was like a little bit, uh, you know, the, this is a big deal. I mean, the team, since I've had an opportunity to go to get the last time they played in an NFC championship game at home, I was 16 years old and that was a long time ago. And I had no opportunity to be in town for this game this year. Thankfully I do. And it's a, it's a great opportunity for the Packers to do something that's very, very special with their team, their fan base and everything. Just, it sucks that it's this year, I guess, just because it won't be 79,000 fans. It'll only be 9,000 fans approximately, but it's still a special moment. It's a special opportunity, everything like that. But to answer your question, Jimmy, yes, she thinks I'm a crazy person. Uh, She just, doesn't really care if they win or lose. So it's, she accepts me for who I am and I'm appreciative of that. Listen, folks, the Super Bowl is coming up and sure, we'll all be watching the game, but the best way to celebrate the biggest day in football is to bet on the game. And we want to let you know about a great resource for sports bettors, the Action Network. The Action Network is where sports fans go to bet smarter and experience real financial gains. In fact, their Action Network app was recently named the best app in sports betting. And with an Action Network Pro subscription, you can unlock the very best of the app. When you sign up for an Action Network Pro subscription, you can access the Pro Report, which includes expert projections for every game across all professional leagues. You can see money and bet percentages on every game, so you can see the team's professional gamblers are betting on. You can take advantage of pro systems, which match winning historical betting trends with the latest games and lines. And you can even track every bet you make and get alerts in real time. So if you're looking to bet smarter, an Action Network Pro subscription is the best way to get started. And for a limited time, our listeners can receive 50% off an annual pro subscription. Just go to actionnetwork.com now and receive 50% off an annual subscription when you use the code PACKADAY. This offer won't last, so go to actionnetwork.com to sign up for a pro subscription and use promo code PACKADAY, all one word, to receive 50% off and start betting smarter today. The news of the day. Jermon Williams is in Green Bay. Uh, His free agent visit as of now has ended. It's unclear if they will sign him or not. If they do, what I wanted to talk to you guys about, what kind of impact you guys think he will have on this team, if any, because they could certainly sign him and make him like a healthy scratch kind of thing and just bring him along for playoff experience. But the high riser, man, it's it's kind of a cool feeling to to have somebody like that available to you in a spot like this. He comes in, he knows the defense already. He knows the systems. He knows the terminology. He knows all that stuff. Maggie, obviously you work very closely with Tremont Williams' number one fan. What's that been like today going back and forth with her as this started? And what do you think Tremont can bring to this team if he does in fact sign a contract? I mean, there was like a hot 10 minutes where she didn't DM me back when I asked how she was doing. So I was almost on a plane to New York City. But beyond that, yeah, obviously Perry is excited. She is the Tremont Williams stan. Um, Somebody on Twitter said that now I have to bring back BJ Raji. And I don't think that my heart will be able to handle that. 
um, on the same line as Darius Smith. But no, I mean, I think Tremont Williams, like as far as a veteran presence, whatever you want to call it, um, you need guys like that in the locker room. And I think, you know, Devontae Adams had some really good quotes about that today is all these guys want to win it, but they almost want to win it for Rodgers more to kind of put him in the conversation, even though they don't think that, you know, another ring is going to be what he needs to be considered one of the greatest, if not the greatest of all time. But Tremont was always one of those guys when you think about Packers that deserved a second ring or they were just always really legendary players. And I think just the experience of it all, you know, you have Aaron Rodgers and Mason Crosby who have been there, but there's a lot of young guys that last year was their first experience guys like Jair and Aaron Jones. And, you know, as, as hard as that loss was, and I do think that they have the mental fortitude to kind of bounce back from that, especially at home. I think you also need the guys that have been there and lived it. And, you know, Perry and I actually talked about just, the way that the secondary talked about Tremont Williams in his absence, kind of even during training camp to bring him back, even if he's more on the sidelines as a rotational guy, somebody had mentioned on Twitter, him returning kickoffs and punts even just to kind of get him in the environment. I think that those little moments would almost be more impactful than the role that he could potentially have kind of rotating or potentially being the nickel um, for the defense. Yeah. And you talk about, the experience factor. Tremont is somebody who personally has experienced the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. He obviously broke up the last pass in the Super Bowl. It's an image forever burned in my head. It was my phone background for about three years until Blake was born. So Tremont, the only thing that could replace you is the birth of my child. That was it. And then you've got the lowest of lows, obviously the 2014 NFC championship game, which we're not going to talk about, but the final pass of that game was caught over Tremont Williams. So he's seen both ends of that, right? He was obviously here in 2019 last year as well, when they got blown off the field. So that experience I think could be something that is beneficial, something that maybe is on the margins. And it's just frankly, a move the Packers historically have not made that really at the end of the season, if we're talking about a Super Bowl champion, we're going to be talking about moves like, I know he hasn't played yet because of the unfortunate COVID situation, but Jared Veld here and Damon Harrison and Tremont Williams and just players of that nature, bringing that veteran presence that Aaron Rodgers has talked about several times in any interview he's willing to mention. He's not taking shots at Ted Thompson necessarily when he says this, but the discussion of how they haven't done this in the past and having that veteran presence to where you won't have these young player mistakes and going up against the consensus greatest quarterback of all time and Tom Brady and say what you will. Maybe you don't think he's the best ever. He's one of the smartest players ever, and you're not going to trick him. You're not going to fool him. And if you make a mistake, he's going to find you. And if you make a mistake in this magnitude, it's the difference between going to the Super Bowl and going home. I think the role that he could have, you mentioned returning kickoffs and punts potentially. I think that is something they could look at. I also think they could look at the potential of him as the team's dime back, basically flipping roles from last season with Chandon Sullivan, where he kind of takes the spot of Will Redmond, where he's a better coverage player than Will Redmond is. Redmond then can focus almost solely on special teams. This was a move to me that by week seven was a no-brainer while he was just kind of sitting there. And for whatever reason, the Packers chose to continuously let him sit on the street until ultimately he signed with Baltimore. And now, thankfully, we don't have to have the conversation of, well, what could it have looked like if they had brought in Tremont Williams? Maybe you could have the conversation of what could it have looked like if they had brought him in sooner? But again, he's somebody who he needs two days of practice, which is about all he's going to have if he signs you know, Thursday, Friday, and a walk through Saturday before getting on the field on Sunday afternoon to get him reimmersed in this defense. And yeah, Maggie, you mentioned it, to be a fly on the wall when he walks back into that room. Something I think of is the 2016 Chicago Cubs when they thought Dexter Fowler was going to sign with, and I apologize for boring you guys with baseball talk, but they thought Dexter Fowler was signing with the Baltimore Orioles. And then at the very last minute, they drew him back in and brought him back to the Cubs. And they gave the Cubs gave him a standing ovation when he came back into spring training And that was a moment that to a man, all of them talked about when they were at their World Series parade was how that kind of set the tone for the excitement, the belief level in this team, something like that could definitely be a big role for this team, not just in this game, but if you look ahead potentially to a Super Bowl matchup, Kansas City or Buffalo, those are pass, pass, pass type of teams. 
And the more defensive backs you have on the field that can cover, the better. And Tremont Williams, I'm not asking him to lock up Mike Evans one-on-one. If you ask him to do that, I think you're asking him to fail. But can he play some dime back, cover Scotty Miller, cover some of those ancillary wide receivers that they have? Yeah, I think he can do that, and I think he can do that better than some of the guys they have right now. So I look forward to hopefully the Packers signing him and bringing him back and getting a chance to have him potentially break up the last pass in the Super Bowl again. Jimmy, I've said a lot. Is there anything you have to add? Uh, You both have hit on a lot, but the big thing, and Maggie already mentioned it too, is just even the off the field impact with a lot of these guys. Um, You mentioned the impact that he had on the secondary. And even beyond that, we talked to Kingsley Kiki a couple of times this off season, even during this season. And he's mentioned every time just the impact that Tremont had had on him as a rookie uh, and this off season, because they trained together in Texas um, and he's just showing people how to be a pro and how to prepare. And if you want someone to kind of guide them and how to prepare for uh, the biggest game of the season, uh, a rematch again against a team that blew them out just kind of like last year, obviously circumstances are different, different team, but having someone in there to kind of get everyone's mind right and focused um, because I'm convinced based off just his Twitter alone, that Tremont Williams is a philosopher and one of the smartest people that walks on the planet. So having him in the locker room would be a, a huge boost just to the the team morale and even uh, just the the preparation for this game. Not to mention he's already in game shape. He played multiple games for the Ravens, so it's not like he's just walking off the street. Um, he's ready to play right now, so if they need him, he's good. And something maybe smaller is just that you know championship organizational DNA that he could potentially bring over from the Ravens, who are a really good organization in their own right as well. Maybe a few things he learned in the last, you know, couple of weeks from Baltimore and bringing over here to Green Bay could help as well. So hopefully they get that done. Uh, the expectation, according to Tom Silverstein, is that if all goes well, the Packers will sign him. And I hope they do because he's one of my favorites and he's another one of those players I think deserves another championship, especially with all he's given to this organization. Jermon Williams may or may not be on the field. What we do know is that there will be players on the field for the Packers and the Bucks this weekend. And we have the pleasure this week of covering the Packers defense against the Tampa Bay offense. And I know Aaron Rodgers made the joke on the McAfee show about, you know, he hasn't played linebacker since high school or middle school or something like that. And that being said, you can't start this conversation between these two teams without mentioning the fact it's Aaron Rodgers against Tom Brady and Tom Brady is the quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the thought I have, and the first thing I kind of want to talk about is Ben Fennel put in his film breakdown that last week, the Packers played a lot, uh, a lot more man-to-man coverage against the Rams, mostly because they weren't worried about the statue-esque nature of Jared Goff. Well, newsflash guys, Tom Brady doesn't move all that well. And if the Packers pass rush is able to get home, that's been one of the big keys to beating Brady in the past. Uh, the New York Giants certainly say hello in that regard. The Denver Broncos wave as well in that situation. That being said, something about Brady, and I hate that I hate him, but I do, but something about him that I've always admired is one of the things that makes Brady one of the best ever, if not the best ever, is his willingness to just execute what is in front of him. And he is probably the master of execution. And that may be what sets him apart from guys like Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers. And even, you know, you go back to some of the older days, guys like Joe Montana and even Patrick Mahomes, if you want to go full on modern type of players, what's your concern level, Maggie, looking at Tom Brady and his brain essentially facing off against Mike Pettin, who he's had some success against in the recent past. I mean, to me, it's you kind of said it where Tom Brady's just a guy who's literally seen everything. I mean, I think this is what his 14th championship. And obviously, the joke on Twitter has been, well, it's his first NFC championship. He doesn't have any experience in those. But, you know, he's been around the league and we're seeing guys like Drew Brees and Philip Rivers retire. And he's obviously got career longevity for a reason. And it's because as much as Packer fans maybe don't want to talk about it or other fans in the league, he's one of the best to ever do it because of a lot of those mental elements that you mentioned. And the fact that he doesn't really get phased by anything that he's seen on the field because he's been doing it for so long. 
And, you know, I think that's going to kind of be the key. You have a lot of young players on this defense. And that's not to say that they don't have leaders or a presence, but he's a hard guy to rattle. And I think that that's kind of what it's going to come down to on Sunday is generating pressure, which is hard to do against Tom Brady because we know he gets the ball out of his hands really quickly. But kind of the takeaway for me, I think, actually is takeaways and turnovers. And if you look at, you know, a lot of the games that we've seen a rattled Tom Brady in and the games that the Bucks have lost this season, uh, Tampa Bay had three turnovers in both of their losses to the Saints when they lost in really close games to the Panthers or to the Rams and the Chiefs. It was two turnover those games. So, I mean, I think it's just taking him out of his element. And, you know, I know the narrative going into this week is going to be kind of the elements of Lambeau Field and the frozen tundra and the snow. And we've heard Bruce Arians say that he doesn't think it's going to be a deal, a big deal. And we know that Tom Brady obviously plays or has plenty of experience playing in Foxborough in the snow. But I think all of those factors are going to kind of contribute to just forcing him to be uncomfortable because we know that when he is comfortable, really good things happen for that offense. I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, you've seen it in the past when Tom Brady and his teams have lost big games. It's teams that have been able to get, and this is something that's been a hot button issue potentially with Packers fans. When they talk about Mike Pettin is why are they rushing for only four? Why won't they blitz him? Blah, blah, blah. That's kind of the formula to beating guys like Brady is, can you get pressure with those front four? So this is a huge week for Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary, the monster that is Rashawn Gary over the last couple of weeks. And I am a very proud father over the last three weeks or so with his play and Kenny Clark and Kingsley Kiki is one of those guys I mentioned. That is maybe a small thing that won't get a lot of publicity, but somebody he's their second best interior rusher from a defensive line standpoint, somebody that could get some of that interior pressure and move Tom off of his spot. Cause if Brady can sit back in the pocket and just kind of stand there and have a sandwich, he'll pick you apart. And he's one of the best ever to absolutely do that. But if you look back at both Super Bowls against the Giants under duress, Michael Strahan, OCU Minora, Justin Tuck, 2011, Justin Tuck, OCU Minora, again, able to get pressure with that front four. The Eagles, to some degree, when they lost in that Super Bowl, the biggest play of the game was the fact that they were able to get pressure with Brandon Graham and Chris Long. That is kind of your formula. And I think this could be a big week for Maggie's man, Zadarius Smith, because he is their best interior pass rusher from a pure pass rush standpoint. And he's somebody I think has to have a monster game if the Packers are going to disrupt him and advance to the NFC champion, or excuse me, the Super Bowl and win this NFC championship game. Jimmy, what are your thoughts on facing off against the theoretical GOAT? Yeah. You guys mentioned too getting a lot of pressure. And um, PFF put out today that Rodgers and Brady are the only quarterbacks to have forty touchdown, forty or more touchdown passes from a clean pocket. So if you give him that time and um, leave him untouched, he's gonna, as you both already said, pick you apart. He's if he's not the goat, as some people, uh, Jacob doesn't like to say, he's definitely one of the. He definitely is one of the smartest. Um, you have to get pressure on him. You have to minimize mistakes. You guys both already said that. I keep thinking last week there was um, a play where it was one of the the big passes from Goff to Josh Reynolds. It was Chris Barnes was confused on a play. And he was talking to a, a corner or the, one of the defensive backs, and the play or the ball snapped, and he was late getting to Josh Reynolds on a big twenty plus yard uh, pass down the middle. And that just can't happen to against a quarterback like Brady, because against Brady, that's probably not going to be a 20 yard pass. That's going to probably end up somehow being a touchdown just because he is so good at taking, taking advantage of what the defense gives him. And if you're not on your P's and Q's, he's going to make you pay. So, um, let's hope we can, uh, dirty his Jersey up. Cause that'll change a lot. Yeah. And I think they have to. And, you know, I think that this could be a situation where the Packers can outscore the Bucks. I certainly think that is a possibility as well for as much pub as this Tampa Bay defense has gotten. They've been pretty rough for most of the year. And last week they had a good game, but again, Drew Brees and his inability to push the ball down the field, that just makes things easier in general for a defensive coordinator when you only have to worry about 10 yards or so down the field before having to worry about anything else. So if there's nothing to stretch the field, and this is more on the offensive side of the ball, but the defense for the Bucs can certainly 
squeeze that field a little bit. And I don't think that they're going to have the ability to do that against the Packers uh, on the other side of the ball here. Looking into the secondary, guys, the, the Bucks have a lot of weapons and a lot. Now, Mike Evans is one of the best receivers in football. Chris Godwin is a great compliment. Unclear if human trash can Antonio Brown is going to be able to play or not. Uh, he's considered day-to-day, did not practice today. Rob Gronkowski has found the fountain of youth after kind of having a slow start to the season. And Cameron Brates had a big couple of weeks. Their running game has found its footing a little bit with Leonard Fournette and step friend of the program, if you will, semi-friend of the program, Ronald Jones. Uh, he's, he's not a friend this week, but finding the ability for them to run the football and everything like that. But looking in the secondary in the passing game, what's your guy? Jair Alexander is phenomenal and has had maybe the best season of any cornerback in the NFL. And kind of last week, and maybe went a little unnoticed because of the way the Packers offense performed, and that's typically how it works. But he outplayed Jalen Ramsey. Now there's some obvious caveats. Jalen Ramsey is being targeted by Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, whereas Jair Alexander is being targeted by Jared Goff and Robert Woods. That's a little bit lower in terms of degree of difficulty. That's not to take away from the performance that Alexander had or anything like that either. But that being said, what is your guys' confidence level on the guys like Kevin King and Shannon Sullivan and some of the other secondary defensive backs? to make some plays against Brady because eventually Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are very similar from this standpoint. And it's kind of the way that my friend Ross Uglum puts it. Once he knows you suck, he finds you and attacks you over and over and over again. And that's something that I'm not saying Kevin King sucks. I'm not saying Shannon Sullivan sucks, but when you're the guy opposite of Jair Alexander, you're going to get a lot of targets. Jimmy, what's your confidence level in those guys' ability, those two specifically, to step up in a game like this? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm a little nervous with both of them, honestly. I was trying to say just Chan and Sullivan, but Kevin King is it's it's like there's two different they're they're identical twins that we haven't figured out yet. And one's a little bit better than the other. So I don't know which one's gonna show up this game. So like some games he does really well. Um and you could see why you could see him earning a big contract, and then there's others that sometimes make me think that he's gonna be um back with us on a cheap contract or not not get re-signed for a, a big deal. He He's just so inconsistent in a game like this. If you're going to be going up against Mike Evans or whoever Jair's not on, I would think he'd be on um, Godwin, but honestly, who knows? They're both so talented. I I, I saw a stat today that said Mike Evans has the most yards against single coverage since 2018, just ahead of Devontae. So if Kevin King's in single coverage against a wide receiver like Mike Evans, he's going to have to, he's going to have to capitalize because, or even just be there. We saw last week, the saints did a decent job, but Brady's going to take shots. He's it's the Bruce Arians offense. He's going to throw that deep ball. And we, we can't afford any mistakes this week. So I'm, I'm definitely nervous, um, especially just comparing it to the confidence I have in Jair Island, but I don't know, Maggie, you're much smarter than me. How do you feel? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I mean, I think like, you know, one of the narratives going into Saturday against the Rams was that Jared Goff's hand and specifically his thumb was going to be all banged up and he wasn't going to be able to take deep shots in the middle of the field was kind of wide open on a couple consecutive plays there for Goff. And, you know, they still had chunk plays without Cooper Cup. And I'm not saying that Cooper Cup would have swung the game. Um, I still think the Packers would have handedly won that one. But, you know, when you have a better receiving core and a better quarterback um, coming into Lambeau Field, I think a lot of those glaring issues that, you know, a, a defense can hang on against an offense like the Rams. I don't know if those discrepancies will, will they'll make a difference on Sunday, I guess. And, you know, one of the guys that I'm keeping kind of an eye on is Scotty Miller too, because before the bears game, I said, Darnell Mooney's going to be the guy. And even if you get kind of your edges locked up on the boundary, the middle of the field is still kind of an issue. And, you know, even last week with Chris Barnes, who, you know, fantastic for him to be able to come back and play with his broken thumb, but he would have had a pick potentially too if he didn't have that cast on his hand. So I think kind of just the middle of the defense is maybe where I'm more concerned instead of a specific player or a specific matchup. So we did have a couple of questions I put out today. The first one came from Josh Reader. Uh, it's at Josh Reader 328. And I think we're going to be on the same page here, but he asked, is it more important to stop the run or to pressure Tom Brady? And I think the answer without question is to pressure Tom Brady and the Bucks running game. The good news is, Leonard Fournette is somebody they match up very well with. Uh, you saw the way they were able to kind of handle Derrick Henry and that pounding running back is somebody they are able to slow down as opposed to maybe that slasher like Dalvin Cook or Alvin Kamara, somebody like that. But to me, there's there's no question. This game, if the Bucks win, is going to very much be on the right arm of number 12. Uh, Maggie, I, I assume we're going to be all in lockstep, but I, you know what happens when you assume. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, when I saw that question. I think that that's kind of what it comes down to is we talked about it earlier in the show is the comfort level of Tom Brady and whether the comfort comes from the elements and being warm or, you know, his guys being open. I think that's going to kind of be the narrative. James. Yeah, it's, it's going to come down to pressuring Brady. Um, our run defense has been, I know he's still given up yards and, and plays, but it's been pretty underrated. Um, I think just the narrative of that Vikings game and last year's championship game is still in people's minds. So I'm not too worried about the run defense. It's just pressuring number 12 is the key to the key to victory this week. Yeah. I got to win and you got to win quick. The other one came from Chris and I'm going to butcher his last name. So I apologize for that. Chris, Chris Carlacki, you said the bucks have been on a hot streak recently. What's clicked for them to me. It's just, this is a team that, in a season where you can't practice together for the most part until right in July, you're putting all these new pieces together, everything like that. They found some continuity together after the bye week and are able now to, I think Tom Brady and Bruce Arians have a little bit better of an understanding of each other and how things need to work for Brady to be successful. And frankly, I just think Brady has played better and something I'm willing to admit coming into the season. I said, Tom Brady's washed up and he's not. And Tom Brady is still, if I'm making a list of quarterbacks, he's not one or two because that's Mahomes and Rodgers, respectively. But after that, you can make a really good argument that Tom Brady comes in right behind those guys, or he's definitely in that you know next tier, if you will, after that group. So he's still very good, and it's unfortunate because I was really looking forward to washed Tom Brady maybe having to what was the way Dan Kotnick put it? I just want to watch him trudge through a six and 10 season where everything around him is not just so perfect, but it's not. And Brady's a big reason for that is this team. It just doesn't seem to matter who they plug in. No, they're going to win 11, 12 games every season around him and be able to do. They're just unflappable and they're going to do what they need to do. So I think that last week was a good example of that. They make some big plays. They have some playmakers on defense, obviously. I think getting some of those guys back and healthy, obviously. Carlton Davis wasn't healthy for a good portion of the late part of the season. He's a little banged up now, but he should be good to go Sunday. They've got some guys, and I think that that's been the biggest part of it. Maggie, what do you think is the biggest key so far to this Bucks? I think they're on a six-game winning streak. Well, the Packers are on a seven game winning streak, so I'm taking the Packers, but no, I'm just kidding. I mean, I am, but I, 
I think it's kind of what happens in the middle of both defenses, honestly. And I know that our job is primarily to talk about this Bucks offense, and we know that there's weapons. And I think that's another reason for this Bucks offense being so successful is that Tom Brady comes to town. He already had Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, and then Rob Gronkowski magically unretires. I know that we're not big fans of Antonio Brown, but he comes to play and he's made a difference. He's already got four touchdowns, almost 500 yards. So like the weapons are emerging for Tom Brady and that supporting cast around him is really strong, stronger than potentially what he had in New England the last couple of seasons. So, yeah, I mean, I think kind of what happens on the flip side, the same way we talked about this Packers offense versus this Rams defense and how maybe the Packers defense is going to tell the tale. I think this is going to be another matchup where it comes down to both defenses because we know what these offenses can do. They're both averaging over 30 points a game. I expect to see some explosive plays and a high scoring matchup on Sunday between two of the best to ever do it. But I think what happens on defense specifically in that middle linebacker spot on both teams will kind of tell the tale. James. Uh, Big thing is cohesion, which you already mentioned too. And the defense forces turnovers, which gives the offense the ball in a lot of good spots. Um, their number, I just had it up, their number five in forced turnovers this season. Um, so they definitely make, they get so much pressure that you make mistakes and they have such a stout run defense. It's uh, The team has talent, so it's not a surprise that they're on a six-game win streak. It's not seven, as Maggie pointed out, but <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty close. Uh, and another thing is the relationship between Bruce and Brady uh, it's just gotten stronger. Uh, Arians mentioned that he's allowed Brady to kind of coach some coach in some areas and have a lot of input. And that probably just made Brady feel a lot more comfortable, which in part could have really well turned into him playing better, which as you mentioned, um, obviously cause causation doesn't equal correlation, whatever that saying is, I know those two words are in it. Um, but you know, that's me for using big words. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I would look at a dictionary here and there. Um, but yeah, no, so I think maybe just getting Brady more involved in the planning aspect, which he probably was earlier, but just more comfortable in the system and able to capitalize on things. Yeah, it almost kind of feels like that second year leap that we've seen with Rodgers in the floor happened maybe after the late bye week for Arians and Brady. And that makes some sense, obviously. And there's there's a little more talent in that room, quite frankly, than there is uh, in Green Bay's receiver room. So, you know, the, the margin for error is a little bit higher. We're at the end, guys. It's Packers. It's Bucks. It's a 205 kickoff on Fox, a Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, Aaron Andrews special. Green Bay has a chance to go to the Super Bowl for the first time since February 6th, 2011. I, I love the symmetry potentially that the last time they won an NFC championship game was on January 23rd, 2011. This game will be on January 24th. And the last time they won a Super Bowl was on February 6th. The next time they could win a Super Bowl is on February 7th. That just feels like a sign to me, but maybe I'm looking for reasons to think the Packers are going to win a championship this year. But what I'm asking you guys is who wins and who makes the play to swing the game in that team's favor. Maggie, I'll start with you. Um, So maybe this is like a weird thing, but I've always wanted the Packers, if they get back to another Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, to be the away team. Because if you look at Bart Starr and Brett Favre in their consecutive years getting to the Super Bowl, obviously they both had their greens and then their whites. So I always wanted Aaron Rodgers in a Super Bowl in his whites because I appreciated that kind of symmetry. Um, We know obviously that the NFC is the home team this year. So if the Packers were to make the Super Bowl, they'd be in the greens, but we'll take what we can get. I will wear a green Aaron Rodgers jersey and not be upset about it. But no, I'm, I'm taking the Packers 31-28, primarily because I absolutely refuse to bet against the Packers at this point. They've made it everything. They're just crossing off their list, and it it feels like their year. It's at Lambeau Field. It's everything that Aaron Rodgers and this team has wanted. So 31-28, and it's going to be Zadarius Smith. He's going to force a Tom Brady mistake. Well, hopefully not a tuck rule fumble because we know how that typically goes. My apologies to Charles Woodson uh, for bringing that up because I'm sure you're listening, Wood. I love you. You are my favorite person ever. Jimmy. Uh, You picked such a good score, Maggie. Uh, I'm going to go 34-27. We're going to win by a touchdown. I'm going with the Packers, obviously. Not going to pick them to lose in this spot. Uh, For my 
my player, I'm going to pick Darnell Savage. Uh, he's been making splash plays, especially towards the second half of the season. Uh, I think he's going to capitalize on that uh, forced mistake from Zadarius. We'll just team up on this one. Uh, so Zadarius will get the pressure and Darnell will get the interception. I love it. I love it. I am also picking the Packers. I said this last week on one of the game on Wisconsin shows. Spoiler alert, guys. I'm not picking against Green Bay in the playoffs. Uh, I picked the Packers to beat the 49ers last year in the NFC Championship game, which now looking back on it, I would like to knock some sense into myself for having done that. But I did. It's a mistake, and we've learned from it. That being said, Maggie mentioned it. You know, the Packers have gone through this season, and you talk about these demons that they've exercised. You know, the first one was they they drafted a quarterback. They didn't add any weapons. What they do? They led the league in scoring. They can't stop the run. What are they going to do if they face a real offense and a real running back? Well, they shut down Derrick Henry not that long ago. They faced Sean McVay's offense last week. They blew him away. Then it's, well, they can they beat a good defense if they have a good offense? Well, they played the number one defense in the NFL last week. Jalen Ramsey was supposed to take away Devontae Adams. Neither one of those things happened. The Packers piled up 500 yards of offense and realistically could have had more if they hadn't just missed on a couple plays here. They didn't even play their best game on offense, and they could have had more than 500 yards and a 40-burger against the number one defense in the NFL. The last demon to exercise, the NFC Championship game. And if you look at it, I mean, obviously the Packers haven't had an opportunity like this at home. This is a game that Aaron Rodgers has never played well in historically. I think he does both of those things on Sunday, and I think they win. I think they win 38-28. The Packers are a better team. I think they get a nice field goal late from Mason Crosby to put the game away. And I think that Kevin King gets an interception. He's going to see a lot of targets in this game. I think he gets the pick to seal this thing and bring tears of joy to my face and everybody around Green Bay, Wisconsin, because the Green Bay Packers will be headed to the Super Bowl for the first time since 2011 in Tampa, Florida, and they will be facing off against the Kansas City Chiefs who will beat the Buffalo Bills 35-31. I'm assuming Patrick Mahomes plays in that scenario. I didn't get AFC picks from you guys, so I do apologize for that. Jimmy, real quick. Bills. Mainly because I want the Bills. Okay. Uh, we're doing scores. Let's go. You can if you want to. 31. I'm stealing Maggie's score for the other one. 31-28, Bills. <laughs> okay, Maggie. I'm going to say 28-24 Bills because I think their offense is just that good and their defense will do just enough to kind of rein in the reigning Super Bowl MVP. I dig it. I, I will say if Green Bay wins, I like either matchup, obviously, from an entertainment standpoint, and I honestly like either matchup from a Packers standpoint. I think the Packers can obviously put points up on either one of those teams and have a really good opportunity to win that. But hopefully we have a game like that to preview the other bit of info that I just want to give you guys. And this will be my final thought for you is just savor this moment. Things like this don't happen very often. The Packers haven't hosted a championship game in 14 years, 13 years, whatever it is. You don't know when something like this is going to happen again. And don't let the fear of losing a game like this rob you of the joy of watching a game like this, because I think it takes away what could happen and how you could feel if they do in fact win this game. So savor it. It's Aaron Rodgers against Tom Brady. This is why you love sports. Like if you were sitting back at the beginning of the season and said, if you, Green Bay wants to win the Super Bowl, who do you want them to play to win that Super Bowl? You probably would have said Tom Brady. Well, that's not an option. So the option to get to the Super Bowl is Tom Brady. And this is as perfect as you could draw it up. So I hope you guys take that opportunity. Enjoy the game on Sunday. And hopefully we're all celebrating together again next Thursday as the Packers have a week off and have a chance to play for the trophy named after their head coach and have a chance to win their 14th world championship, which would be the most in NFL history by about double, actually more than double. So shout out to Pittsburgh Steelers, New England Patriots, and Dallas Cowboys fans that like to discount those. But sorry, they all count. So kudos to you. We're, at the, we're out of time. Be sure to follow, rate, subscribe, everything at Packaday Podcast on Twitter. Find us anywhere you find your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter personally. I am at Jacob Westendorf on Twitter. You can find me Packer Report on Tuesdays, Game On Wisconsin at Game On WI just about any other day of the week. You can find Maggie Loney. 
You can find me on Twitter at Maggie Deloney. I bought a new microphone. Let me know if you like the sound of it. Um, I write two articles a week for She Said TV. I podcast with the wonderful Perry Goldstein doing Packs What She Said. Um, that normally comes out Thursday evenings or Friday morning. Um, and then you can also catch us both doing Happy Hour through Game on Wisconsin on Mondays. Um, it is our live show and it will be ending when the Packers season ends. So here's hoping that our last happy hour is the happiest happy hour on February 8th. And I've already decided I'm making an executive decision. That is the name of that Monday show. Happiest hour. <laughs> if Green Bay does, in fact, win the Super Bowl. Jimmy. Yes. Uh, you can find me Twitter, Jimmy underscore C08. Uh, just like Jacob, I have a Packer Report article coming out every Tuesday. And then I'm on uh, or on Game on Wisconsin live shows every Wednesday uh, and whatever day the Packers play. So Sunday this week. And hopefully Sunday in two weeks. So, yeah, should be a lot of fun, guys. It's the NFC Championship at 205 on Fox, and then obviously the AFC Championship at 540 on CBS. Packers, Bucks, Chiefs, and Bills should be another fun weekend of football, the last weekend that there are multiple games. So, appreciate it, enjoy it, and shout out to everyone that was able to make this season possible because in this kind of season, that wasn't always a guarantee. So, I'm appreciative of everyone that has been able to do that until then, until next time, hopefully we're talking to you guys uh, next week, but until then it's the Packers and the bucks. Enjoy every single second of it, guys. Thank you for listening. We're going until, what is it? Uh, we're flying all the way to Tampa yelling green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow. That's the closest you'll get me to rapping guys. See you next week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.